Hello. Hello. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hello. 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 Hello, Mary Lou. Mm, goodbye, heart. Hello. Oh. Good morning, Hello. Cross Trails. Y'all come in and find a seat. We're going to get started. Well, I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hearse come rolling for to carry my mother away. Now will the circle be unbroken by and by, Lord, by and by. There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. I went back home, home was lonely for my mother, she was gone. All my brothers, sisters crying, for the home was so sad alone. Said Undertaker, 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 won't you please drive slow? For the body you are hauling, Lord, I hate to see her go. Now will that circle be unbroken by and by, Lord? By and by, there's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. Y'all gonna have to sing. Who got birthdays and anniversaries today? Happy birthday, Shelly. Anybody else? Happy anniversary? All right, fantastic. How many years? 25. Awesome. All right, Skip. Well, happy birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday to you. May each day of the year hope you find Jesus near. Yes, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. It's the best one you'll ever have. Happy anniversary, a happy anniversary. May each day of the year hope you find Jesus dear. Happy anniversary, oh happy anniversary. It's the best one you'll ever have. Till the next one. Sing with us if you know it. Please, please help. Yeah. Because I ain't good. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I can't even keep up where I'm at. Just a little talk with Jesus. I once lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Did a little light from heaven fill my soul He paid my heart to love and wrote the name above And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole 
down. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry and then he'll answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer will turn and then you'll know a little fire is burned. You'll find just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. We'll stand up and shake everybody's hand this morning. Y'all let everybody know you're glad to see them. Happy Memorial Day, y'all. I pay out doubts and fears. My eyes be filled with tears. But Jesus will day and night. I go to him in prayer, he knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faints cry, and then he'll answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer will turn, and then you'll know a little fire is burning. You'll find just a little with Jesus makes it right. I once lost in sin, but Jesus took me in Did a little light from heaven fill my soul Well, he worked on above And filled my heart with love Just a little talk with Jesus makes me whole Now let us have a little talk with Jesus Let us tell him all about our troubles He will hear our faintest cry And then he'll answer by and by You feel a little prayer will turn And then you'll know a little fire just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faint cry. Then he'll answer by and by Now when you feel a little prayer will turn And you'll know a little fire is burning You'll find just a little talk with Jesus makes it right Your announcements And then I'll skip off and then I'll come back for a pledge of allegiance Alright Now ladies and gentlemen with your announcements this morning Mr. Scott Marston all right. All right, let's go to the Lord real quick for announcements. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we get to come together in your house, Father, and just worship, Father. I just thank you for all that you do for us in this church, Father. Just let us be a shining light in this world, Father. And just, uh, Father, I just uh, I thank you for Oliver, and I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Father. I just ask that you just keep blessing us, and then we'll just go out there and just give that testimony and the truth to the world for you. Now, just ask all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, let's see. Announcements. All right. Uh, senior Sunday is next Sunday, June 4th. If you have a high school senior that's graduating this year and would like to be have them recognized, please let the church office know. All right, that's next Sunday. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study. Keep coming out for that. Uh, meal is from 6 to 6.30. Uh, Bible studies follow at 7. That's for children, youth, young adults, and everybody else that doesn't meet that criteria, which is in here. I have young adults, so that's why I do that. All right. Uh, arena team meeting is next Sunday, uh, June 4th at 10.45, after the 10.45 service. So if you're on the arena team meeting, or team, they have a meeting next week. 
All right. Oh, yeah, he really does do. You do a good job, Justin. Uh, Lord's Supper next Sunday, June 4th. Come out and celebrate. Uh, that's going to be at 5 p.m., and then there's a potluck family meal immediately following uh, for the Lord's Supper next Sunday. And then family. Oh, hold on. I got one more. Laura wrote it down. Sorry, buddy. Family Ranch Rodeo, Saturday, June 10th at 6 p.m. Uh, you need to call or text to enter between May 29th and June 2nd. Uh, there's a number on here. Hopefully, we'll get this out better. It's 903-461-8395. Uh, uh, but there's flyers available on the entry and on the church website for the Family Ranch Rodeo on Saturday, June 10th, 6 p.m. With that, I think I'm good. All right, here comes Mr. Mike Fowler. I'll be back after him, so don't go anywhere. Well, at least he had the microphone set pretty good. <laughs> anyway. Okay, prayer requests. Uh, this is a short list, but just be reminded that there is the full list in the wagon out there for your daily prayer request, uh, daily prayers. Uh, pick up a copy of that and keep the people listed on that list uh, in your prayers every day. Uh, we have Miss Norma uh, Kilby, Scott Daggett's mother. Uh, she's in Oak Manor Nursing Home, and she's not doing very well at all. Uh, so keep Scott and his family listed up. Uh, Linda Kaufman. Linda Kaufman is also in Oak Manor. Uh, she's doing much better, but she's still uh, in Oak Manor. Uh, Clint uh, Rowland family. Barbara and Kaufman's uh, great-nephew, Clint, passed away. His, uh, he was his dad and Danny's uh, only son. Uh, Sheila Dawson prays. Uh, Sheila Steed's uh, mom, Sheila Dawson, uh, saw her surgeon this past week, and her pathology report shows no more cancer. So that is excellent news there. So that is our short list of uh, new things that have added, been added to the prayer request. So let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today just giving thanks. Thanks for your love, your grace, and your mercy, Lord. Lord, we just come to you now lifting up these prayer requests to you, all of them that we have listed. Lord, all of them that are in our hearts, uh, we lift those up to you now. You know are their knees before we even think of them or ask for them, Lord. And Lord, well, you're the great physician, the great healer, the great comforter. And Lord, we just come to you now and, all of our, and just ask this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Long time no see. All right, uh, I'm going to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance today, so if you'd all rise, face flag, take off your headgear, please, and I'll start us out. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You can be seated. All right. Um, kind of was going over this this weekend is Memorial Day uh, and being a retired military guy myself and have lost uh, other people uh, fellow airmen and soldiers uh, I came across something that I want to share with you uh, one of the things is when we think about Memorial Day and all those who sacrifice uh, for these freedoms that we have and for the sacrifice that's greater than their own uh, for a greater cause 
One of the things that I think we forget about are chaplains in the military. There are chaplains in the military that serve, and they have died in combat. And I'm going to read something on this uh, today. I'm going to be honest. If you know me, I usually get very emotional. I'm going to try to get through this uh, uh, pretty well. But uh, this is a story about four chaplains in World War II, and I just want to share this with you. I think it was appropriate. So the SS Dorscher almost made it to safety on the evening of February 12, 1943. Uh, the troop ship broke away from its convoy and headed to, into Narasquak, Greenland, the destination for the trip. At about 1 a.m., a violent explosion lifted the ship. As the lights went out, 900 men scrambled to the upper decks and lifeboats. Those that made it topside found the ship listing to starboard and sinking fast. Men were frantically trying to break the ice off the, the tackle holding the boats. Only a few were launched. Those with life jackets started jumping clear of the ship. Many did not have one. Amid this confusion, four chaplains from the embarked units manned the storage locker where extra life jackets were kept. They handed these out as fast as they could. When the supply was exhausted, each chaplain took off his own jacket and gave it to an astonished soldier. This is where it gets tough. All right. In the midst of the chaos around them, time stood still for those who uh, watched the four men on a sinking ship gave away uh, their life jackets. Those who witnessed this act were momentarily stunned, said one survivor, it was the first thing, it was the finest thing I've ever seen or hope to see this side of heaven. The chaplains, now without life jackets, continued to minister to men, uh, calming those who were, carrying, or who were crying in fear, praying with others, helping the men prepare themselves for what was about to happen. As the lifeboats uh, rowed away from the ship, some of the men in the boat said they could see the chaplain standing on deck, arms linked together and heads bowed when the Dorchester finally succumbed. The four chaplains were George Fox, Methodist, Clark Poling, who was Dutch Reformed, Alex Good, Jewish, and John Washington, Catholic. They were each awarded the Distinguished Service Cross posthumously for their heroism. Together, they have left us one of the finest examples of Christian service ever recorded. The verse, taking the very nature of a servant, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, Philippians 2, 7 through 8. Uh, all right. I just want to share that with you because chaplains serve in the military, and they go to combat just like the rest of us. And... Uh, I've been thankful to have chaplains in my life in the military, and I just want to share that. Thank you. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Everybody knows it. Please, everyone, sing it. Stand up if you want to. It don't hurt nothing. <laughs> Sit down if you want to. Stand up. Yeah, get up. Get up. Get up. Okay. Well, what a fellowship. What a joy to find. Leading on everlasting arms. What a blessedness. What a peace of mind. Leading on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, faith and secure from all alarm. 
bleeding on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, bleeding on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path flows from day to day, bleeding on the everlasting arms. I'm bleeding, bleeding. Safe and secure from all alarm Leading, leading, leading on the everlasting arm Oh, what have I dread, what have I to fear Leading on the everlasting arm I have blessed peace with my Lord so near Leaning on the everlasting arm Leaning, leaning on the everlasting arm You got it, now go Leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leading, leading, leading on the everlasting arms Kind of like milk of a dry cow Shall we gather at the river? Shall we gather at the river Where bright angels' feet have trod With the crystal light forever Flowing by the throne of God Yes, we'll gather at the river the beautiful, a beautiful river Gather with the saints at the river That flows by the throne of God On the margin of the river Washing up its silver spray We will talk and worship ever all the happy golden days and we'll gather at the river the beautiful the beautiful river gather with the saints at the river that flows by the throne of god soon we'll reach the shining river Soon our pilgrimage will cease Soon our happy hearts will quiver With melody of peace And we'll gather at the river The beautiful, the beautiful river Gather with the saints at the river That flows by the throne of God
I know y'all can sing this one because you did it before. It's Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, was blind. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. It's grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Chorus. This is one that I don't think y'all will know. Written by Ed Bruce. If you know who Ed Bruce is. Everybody, everybody knows who Ed Bruce is. He was a lawman on, on Maverick. Big mustache, you know. Wrote lots of songs. Nobody knows what Maverick was. Hey, man. <laughs> My daughter does. She's young. <laughs> Thank you. 
Okay, Ed Bruce was born in 1931. Just to give you some history. And he, he went on and he, he wrote lots of good songs. But in 1997, that tells you how old he was, he was on John Deere tractor plowing the ground. He said, Jesus loves me. And he realized. Time went along, he wrote this. So here we go. I ran into an old friend on the street today. He said, it's good to see you again. The old gang sure does miss you. We often talk about you. We all wonder where you've been. He said, somebody said you got religion. Ha! I said, more than that, I've been born again. He said, what? Are you kidding me? Do you mean what I think you mean? Could you put that in words? I can understand. I said, well, certainly. Jesus loved the hell out of me. He kicked that old devil out and set me free. I was lost, he patiently never did give up on me. Yes, Jesus loved the hell out of me. Well, at first I wasn't sure he heard me. Then he said, I think I need to take a seat. Tell me, is it really true? What you say he's done for you, I need to hear again what you believe. Well, Jesus loved the hell out of me. He kicked that old devil out and set me free. When I was lost, he patiently never did give up on me. Yes, Jesus loved the hell out of me. I said, Jesus loved the hell out of me. He kicked that old devil out and set me free. I was lost, he patiently never did give up on me. Jesus loved the hell out of me. And he says, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I wasn't sure about saying that, just to be honest with you. But Oliver said it was okay, so. I ran into an old friend on, oh, my bad. I need to turn one more page. Y'all gonna get the same suit. Now and then, 
an old friend of mine I haven't seen for some time will stop by and ask me where I've been what's on my mind they're wondering why I'm not drinking and painting this old town red I tell them I'm serving Jesus now and the old man is dead And the man you see before you may look a lot the same. I may wear the same clothes, have the same old name, but you're looking on the outside if you could see inside instead. You would see a brand new man cause the old man is dead I used to live such a wicked life had no hope inside I was lost in darkness searching for the light then one night in a little church After hearing what the preacher said I came alive to Jesus Now the old man is dead And the man you see before you May look a lot the same I may wear the same clothes, have the same old name, but you're looking on the outside, if you could see inside instead, you would see a brand new man, cause the old man is dead. But you're looking on the outside If you could see inside instead You would see a brand new man Cause the old man is God is good, and all the time, amen, God is good. Sure glad to see all of you today. I, I, uh, I know we're missing a lot of folks. They're out to celebrate Memorial Day, and, and uh, glad they're able to do that. But, you know, I was sitting here thinking, looking out across the, the congregation a moment ago is, uh, you know, we take for granted so many things from the Lord. And 
Uh, I think one of the things that we seem to take for granted the most these days is our ability just to come into his house together and worship and praise Jesus. And uh, obviously, you know, there's lots of folks in lots of places in this world that they can't do that. And, uh, and so, you know, today's we're celebrating Memorial Day this weekend and all that. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, we're free folks, but it wasn't free. And, uh, man, uh, I'll tell you, it's, a, it's just a, a great blessing to know that there are folks that love this country enough and love the Lord enough they give their life to protect it. And so my hat's off to them. Uh, all right, well, let's, let's get started then with a reading of the Word of God. If you would, let's rise. This is going to be Proverbs uh, chapter 4. We're going to start at 20, but let's ask God to bless it first. Lord God, come to you today. Uh, Lord, just uh, in all of you, thankful, Lord God, uh, on this Memorial Day weekend uh, for those that have given up their life for our freedom. But Lord, thankful most of all for Jesus who gave his life up for us. And Now, Lord, we're going to read this word together. We pray, Lord, that it would... Uh, uh, just uh, penetrate our hearts, Lord, that uh, this word would uh, not just be words on a page, but, Lord God, your word uh, active and living in our hearts. Lord, we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right, Proverbs 4, starting 20, says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. And keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from you, uh, put away from you a deceitful mouth and, and put preserved lips far from you. And let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. And ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we, we started last week in, in on a subject, and I, I, I think we're going to try to spend a little time this morning finishing up. But, but what we did really is we, we took a long, hard look at the human condition. And... Um, and what we discovered is that uh, the outlook is, is bleak for the human condition. Um, grave, to be sure. The fact is, every person ever born of a woman was born with a heart condition. We talked about what that means, born with a, a nature of sin. And we're going to talk about the heart going forward some and what we're really talking about, but... Um, here's the problem. When we are born with a nature of sin or a sin nature, we are born out of fellowship with God, okay? We, we cannot have fellowship with the Lord if we have this, this sin present in our lives. Now, thankfully, you know, we know that God had a plan. We'll talk about that. But, but it, it, it pre, uh, prevents us from having fellowship with the Lord. That's the bad news. The good news is we, we know that from the beginning God had a plan. From the time that Adam and Eve are deceived in the garden by Satan himself and sin entered the world and therefore the heart of man, God had a plan 
to restore mankind to himself. His name was Jesus. Remember this and never forget it. God made you for his fellowship. There's a reason God made you. You weren't just a, 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 you know, a, a hobby for, for the Lord. He made you specifically. The Bible says fearfully and wonderfully made, each of you unique and perfect for his fellowship, and sin wrecked out the deal. God had a plan. You see that through Jesus Christ, you and I can be born again. Born again. Not of the will of man, but because God, God himself can, can give us a spiritual rebirth. What we receive in that new birth is a new heart. The Bible says be new creations. And so we're promised a new heart. A heart that longs to connect with the heart of God. We kind of liken this process to a heart transplant we talked about some last week. The fact of the matter is, if we didn't have a new heart, if we, if we did not receive from God uh, a, a new life, a new spirit, a new heart, when we die, we're going to go straight to hell. That's where we deserve to go. And hell would receive us with open arms. fact is, if we allow God to give us a new heart, then we are guaranteed a home in God's presence in heaven for all eternity. And there's nothing in the world that can change that. And that's key to what we're going to talk about today. Okay? It's important for us to understand that once we're saved, Jack, we're saved. There ain't nothing you can do about that. Okay? You're going to heaven whether you want to or not. Okay? You put your faith and trust in Jesus, you're going to heaven because you're saved. That's past tense. It means it's done happened. Okay? And ain't no undoing it. Um, but, but here's the deal. Saved people still have to protect their new heart. They still have to, to guard it. And, and, and we talked about some of this last week. And the fact is, there's a whole heap of Christian, may, Christian folks, maybe the majority, that don't do a too good a job of taking care of the new heart God give them. Okay? Now, uh... That don't mean that these folks ain't going to heaven, okay? Uh, what it means is you have a lot of Christian people who are living outside of fellowship with God, okay? Uh, they don't lose their salvation, but they're still a great cost. I, I'll, I'll share this with you. You're going to find this hard to believe, but there was a time in my life when I had what you might call a smart mouth. Yeah, I know it. I, I, I used to, long, long time ago, I used to be ornery. And my mama, God love her. Boy, howdy, she's a good one. My mama would not tolerate no sass. And I'll just tell you... Uh, this woman here, she, she ain't no bigger than a minute, but she'll knock you smooth out. You don't do right. Uh, my mama, when I, I think I was about 10 or 11 years old, and my, my mama and my aunt got this wild idea that they's going to tote my, my brother and me and my aunt's two, two children, my cousins, to uh, the Grand Canyon. And uh, so anyway, we're, we're on this, this great journey to the Grand Canyon, and takes like forever and we're in this uh I, don't, I think it's like a toyota van so it ain't all that big you know but there's a seat for everybody 
And so, you know, it's a miserable, you know, we finally get there and we're Grand Canyon. And well, I don't know why it was, but uh, I decided at some point while we was in Arizona to smart mouth my mama. And, uh, boy, she didn't like that none. And so mama said, hey, you ain't, you ain't going to disrespect me that way. I expect an apology. And I didn't do it. I said, I ain't apologizing. And uh, anyway, so my mama pulls the car over. I think it was like a Sitco. Uh, no, it, was, it, was, it had a, a, a green dinosaur. I remember that. And mama pulls in there by the green dinosaur, and I'm thinking, she thinks she's fixing to whoop me. You know, we done been down that road. Mama, can't, she can't hurt me with no paddle, you know. So I thought, well, sure, go ahead and whoop away. Well, anyway, she gets out, and she gets me out, and walks me to the back of this van, and she opens up the door where the, the luggage is, and she said, get in there. You ain't sitting up here with the rest of us until you can behave. It sounds cruel, don't it? So she throws me in there. And we're in Arizona. And my brother's leaning over the seat like this, you know. And she'll, she'll tell me about every hour or two. She said, look, if you want to come back up here, all you have to do is apologize and act right. Well, I, wasn't, I was stubborn. I wasn't going to do it. And so we'd pull into a restaurant. And my mama would say, we'll bring you something out. And they go in there, and they sit down and eat, and I sitting in the van like this. And they brought me some food out. And this happened all, I mean, we're traveling through Arizona and New Mexico trying to get home. And, and, uh, and so they stop at this, I don't know, some kind of a cavern deal. And I've been looking forward to it the whole way. And, uh, and so I'm thinking, well, surely she'll let me go in there, you know. And she, we pulled up. She said, you got anything to say to me? I said, no. She said, well, we'll be back. And my aunt stayed out there for half a while guarding me, and then my mama stayed out there and guarded I didn't get to go. Now, I tell you all that for this reason, okay? I was not denied a ride home, okay? I got to go home. It was just a miserable trip, okay? When you and I are out of fellowship with the Lord, we still get to go home, but the trip ain't no fun, you see? You and I have got to guard our heart in order to enjoy what God has created for us. See? We've got to guard it. Still going home, but how you get there matters. Amen? So don't backtalk your mama. That's the moral of that story. Let's go back to the text. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, Keep your heart with all diligence for... Out of it springs the issues of life. Other translations, like the Holman would say this, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. The NIV, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So the message is clear. God intends us to protect our hearts, to guard our hearts. Um, now, it's important that we that we understand what we're talking about when we say heart. Now, I hope you know this. I hope you know that it is God's deepest desire to bless you in every way. God, God wants to bless you in every way. Uh, he wants to fill your heart with peace that, that you can't figure out and no one else can either. Um, matter of fact, He sent Jesus for that very reason. It's over in John 10, 10, what's He say? I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, there's a full life and I came to give it to you. The problem is, if you and I haven't given our hearts to Jesus, we won't experience that. And so the question is, 
uh, what we began to answer last week and we work through now is what does God mean when He says guard your heart? What are we talking about here? Okay? Uh, and, and, and if we figure out what He means by guard your heart, we've got to figure out then how do we do that? Now, we're working out of the book of Proverbs and, and so we, we call the book of Proverbs a wisdom literature. Literature. And we call it that for good cause because the, the book of, of uh, Proverbs is written by arguably the, the wisest man. That, he's wiser even than Dr. Horn. Can you believe that? Uh, wisest guy you ever could think about. Um, now, in 1 Kings, the story of, of Solomon is kind of uh, the, the, the history, if you will, of his wisdom comes because, see, the Lord tells him over in, in, uh, in the book of 1 Kings, he, he says, look here, uh, I'm going to give you whatever you want. I'm giving it to you. Now, I'm paraphrasing. And so Solomon's got a pretty important decision to make. And they say he could, he could ask for some, some money, uh, you know, uh, fame, uh, lady folks, whatever he wants. He could ask for whatever he wants. And, and so when he comes to the Lord, what he does instead is he asks God for wisdom to lead God's people, see? And, and so God gives him an abundance of wisdom. And so Solomon is uniquely qualified to uh, be the author of these wise sayings from the book of Proverbs. Now, we've got to understand then uh, what it means to guard our heart. Okay? And so uh, know this. The word heart is used more than 800 times in the Old Testament, okay? And, and, a, and a good majority, a lot of the times that the word heart is used in the Old Testament is used to describe a person's feelings or emotions, uh, that which would motivate or mold someone's life. The, the, we're talking about a, the thoughts of a person. And so the Bible refers to the heart as... Uh, feeling, emotion, and all these things. And so we, we might, for today's deal, we might uh, say it this way. When we're talking about the heart, we're talking about the thought life of a person. Okay? Um, and then we have to ask ourselves, why is the thought life so important? Why exactly did Solomon tell his son to guard his heart above all else? There's a reason. Why did he say it? Well, the answer is at the end. He says all issues of life flow from it. You see, the battle for our hearts, the ones you and I are called to guard, really begins and ends in our minds. It's that battle between our ears. The fact is, what you, what you think about, that's what you are. Uh, what you think about, that's what you do. What you think about, Controls your life. Proverbs 23 at 7. It probably says it wrong up there. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so we have to acknowledge that our thought life and the heart we're called to guard are, are really one and the same. Okay? Uh, and so if we're going to understand how to guard our hearts, we've got to start by guarding our thoughts. And that's difficult. That's difficult for us to do. Philippians 4 and 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, 
Whatever things are just and whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely and whatever things are of good report, if anything is virtue, uh, has any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And that word meditate's important because that's, that's, that's bigger than to think about it. Um, I, I liken that word meditate with the word ponder. I mean, it's, 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 we're serious about it, see? And, uh, and, and so... What he says here, the things that are good and right and true and noble, these things, think about them. That's important to think about those things because our thought life controls our actions. The fact is, you and I don't do anything good or bad unless we th think of it first, right? Uh, and there's some great text over in James where it said, you know, uh, where, where, where it kind of snowballs and our thoughts, uh, uh, you know, turn into something more and all that. We just have to know that our thought life is very important to guarding our, our hearts and taking care of what God's given us. And so we think about it. Now, uh, the fact is we have to be very careful what we allow ourselves to think about. And look, all of us are going to have nutty thoughts come through our minds. But we have to decide what we're going to do with them. Okay? Uh, you know... We, we, can, we can have a, 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 dirt, a bad thought of some sort and, and, and pass it off, or we can ponder it or meditate on it. See, we have, we have to choose. Um, over in 2 Corinthians 10 and 3, it says this, For those who walk in the flesh do not war, uh, oh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself uh, against the knowledge of God. Here it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. See, you and I have the opportunity to bounce every thought that comes through our head off of Jesus. To know whether or not that thought is good or bad or something we need to be thinking on. Okay, And so, the first step and guarding our heart is guarding our thoughts. And the first way to guard our thoughts is for us to protect uh, our minds against what, what this world's trying to put in there. Okay? We have to protect our thought life. Uh, now, uh, if we're trying to, to uh, protect our, our thought life, protect our heart, I think there's some things that you and I can do that will help us accomplish that. Uh, things, practical things that you and I can put in place in our lives that will help us to guard our minds. Uh, first is this, um, and I'll tell you what, there are a lot of you here, you, you struggle with this. But you want to guard your heart? Start every day with Jesus. Start every day with Jesus. Get out of bed in the morning and talk to the Lord. Have prayer time and read, read the Word. Look, if you jump out of bed and run headlong into your day, you are an empty vessel just scooping up all the BS this world's got to offer. I mean, really, you, you, you are setting yourself up to take in all the trash. The fact of the matter is, before you and I ever leave the house, we need to be filled with the Spirit of God. And the way that happens is by you and I spending time in prayer and time in His Word and being uh, encouraged by the Word of God before we go out into this sorry old world we live in. Okay, uh, Romans chapter 8 at 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds on the things of the flesh. 
Those who live according to the Spirit have their, uh, uh, the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because part of the carnal mind is enmity against God, or it's not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. Uh, so those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The fact of the matter is, guys, if you're not starting your day with Jesus, you're in the flesh. Okay? Because your, your flesh is, is always warring against the Spirit of God. And, and, you know, we always talk about that old Indian proverb, you know, where they talk about the, the two dogs that live in you, a white one and, and, and a black one, and they say, well, which one, you know, which one's going to win? It's going to be the one you feed the most, right? And so you and I have got to make sure we're feeding ourselves the Spirit uh, of God every day, that we're filling ourselves with His truth every morning so that we're prepared to face the days in front of us, okay? Uh, now, uh, another way that, that you and I guard our hearts is by removing secular entertainment from our, our lives. Look, we, we live in a world, guys, I don't have to tell you, uh, where we are being entertained straight to hell. I mean entertain, entertain, entertain. It, it's all about entertainment these days. Matter of fact, we, our children so often are being raised by uh, a TV, a computer, or a telephone. There's no right and wrong. There's no distinction between truth and lie. There's no moral compass beyond whether or not it feels good. This is the world that we live in. The simple truth is Satan is simply trying to keep us distracted enough that we will be unproductive and unfruitful in our service to the Lord. Romans 12 at 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies in a uh, bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And here it is. Do not conform to this world. Look, if you are involved in secular entertainment, you are conformed to this world. You are living in it. You're living in it. He says, don't be conformed. We're called to come out and be separate. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove uh, what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. See, there ain't nothing in this world that's going to matter in the end. All entertainment we can fill our lives with ain't going to amount to a hill of beans in the end. You and I have got to know that there's only one thing that matters, and that's Jesus, and, and for you and I to live our lives in holiness as He's called us to. Now, the last thing we're going to talk about today as we, as we talk about guarding our hearts, uh, last issue that we're going to discuss is this. Uh, uh, certainly there's more to talk about, but every believer ought to surround themselves with good, godly people. Ought to do that. Uh, in other words, we've got to be careful who it is we allow to influence our lives. Over in 1 Corinthians 15 at 33, it says... Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. I always learned to say bad company corrupts good character. Both statements are true. You see, if you and I uh, want to experience a, a life that is uh, rich and full like God's promise, we need to spend every morning in prayer. We need to start our days with Jesus. We need to avoid the things of this world, and we need to be around good, godly 
people. And if you ain't aware of it, the best place to run into these good godly folks is your church. That's normally where they're at, okay? Uh, and, and, and so I think that's why that always God has called His people to gather together. He wants us to gather together. Uh, you know, look, it's, it's difficult, not impossible, but it is difficult to live a good Christian life on your own. It's difficult to survive without a family of support and encouragement. I, I watched a... Uh, Y'all know I'm sort of like a nature buff, you know, and so I, 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 like, uh, I like anything that has to do with woods and water. And, and uh, so from time to time, I'll watch, uh, you know, like these nature programs where uh, the big cats go in there and they stalk down and they kill the, they kill the little antelope and all that. And, and I, I love watching that. But I was watching a program here not too awful long back, and um, it was a story about two male lions that, that got kicked out of their pride. So uh, kind of the way it works, if a male lion is born into a pride, he's going to get to hang around a while, but once he starts getting a little bigger, they're going to run him off in, in order that he don't, he don't cause the big lion no problems. And so uh, it's a story of two lion prides and two young male lions, and they're both kicked out. And so the, 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 they're chronicle, uh, chronicling the lives of these two lions. And one of them, he, he kind of heads out and he sort of goes, you know, you, they're, they're following him on a map and they're talking about him and, and, and all of a sudden he runs into two other young male lions and what they do is they, they join up and make themselves a gang, okay? And so they, these three now male lions, it, it, it shows how they, they're hunting together and, and they're surviving and, and, and working together to survive and all these things. The other male, young male lion that they're chronicling, it shows on the map, it's like this poor fella is just wandering aimlessly. He ain't got no clear direction, no idea where he's going, and he never does run into another, any other lions, and so he's on his own. And on his own, he's unable to hunt effectively, and so he starts losing weight, and, and he gets a bit sickly, and eventually he gets eaten by hyenas. Okay? And, and so I, I was just thinking about that as it pertains to our life as Christians. Okay? Now look, I, I'm not telling you you're going to get eaten by a hyena, but life is hard. Life is super hard if you ain't got folks to help you get through it. Okay? That lion that found them other fellows, man, he, he made a go of things. See? He had, he had people to help him. He was a help to them, and they helped him. The lion that was out there on his own, it was a struggle and, until, until the hyenas eat him. And, and, and so I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is, Look, God calls us to come together, to be together, because he, he knows we need to be together, and we need one another. And, uh, and so, look, we, we got to have a pride, because what happened to that poor lion that finally got eaten by hyenas, it happens to lots of Christian folks, you know, that, that, that neglect the coming together. Hebrews 10, 24 says, Let us consider uh, one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As, uh, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as we see the day approaching. Look, God calls us to come together, be together, do it together. And we're going to guard our hearts. I think that's one of the things that you and I need to do. And so as we close this morning, let me say this. When we say guard your heart, what we're saying is guard your thought life. Guard your mind. 
Guard what you think about because what you think about will become your reality. And so the three things that we said we must do in order to, to protect our thought life is to start each day with Jesus. Do that in prayer and in the Word. Second thing was to avoid secular entertainment. Ain't nothing there for you. There's nothing there for you. And the third is to surround yourself with good people. Be part of a pride. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself. When we do those things, we have the best opportunity to guard the heart God give us and to enjoy the, the, the fullness that God promised through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We do thank you for the opportunity to be here in your house. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die in our place. And Lord, I just uh, ask you right now, Lord God, if, uh, if you would uh, help us, Lord God, to see clearly what your purpose is for our lives individually and as a church. And Lord, if there's anybody in this building today that doesn't know you, Lord, if they're here and they're lost, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that uh, they would get right with you. Lord, if they would come up and visit one of these lay pastors or, or myself, or Lord God, that they would say a prayer uh, like this. It would say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I know it. And I, I'm asking you, forgive me of my sin, and I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Lord, we know that uh, uh, that prayer, Lord, that's prayed from the heart is, is the salvation. Now, Lord, I just uh, ask you today to continue to bless this church and this family. Lord, be with all of our family members that's out on the roads today. Lord, we pray that you'd bring them back home safe. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to introduce a couple of new families to you. Uh, Dewey Taylor, where's he at? You got to come up here, man. You know the rules. He's a rule breaker. Where's the Todd's at? Yeah, you're trying to slip in under the radar back there, guys. Hey, I'll tell you, uh, we got a pretty good set of folks coming up here right now. Uh, very, very thankful to have all of them. Uh, if you would, if you would welcome these these groups here, if you welcome as part of our family, would you say Amen? Hey, take time to get to know these folks. I'll tell you what, they'll bless your life. Now, uh, one last thing, and, and, and you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how many folks I have uh, baptized at this church. Um, and I guess in my lifetime, especially doing youth ministry, I've baptized a lot, lots of folks. And uh, uh, we're going to baptize a young lady today that, uh, man, I'm going to tell you something. It, Man, it gives my heart hope. And uh, so I, I'm going to ask Maria, come on up here, sister. I don't want to get into a great deal of, take them boots off, great deal of detail, but I want to tell you something. If you don't think God rescues, if you don't think God can deliver you no matter what you're going through, this young lady right here will beg to differ. Oh, uh, Go ahead and hop in there. And I visited with her about this and, and about what I'm going to share with you. And, and uh, she said, I ain't ashamed of my past. I'm proud of what God's done. And uh, this young lady has been delivered from transgender lifestyle, from lesbianism, and from witchcraft. Now you say amen to that.
tell you? Have you trusted Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior? We're going to baptize you, our sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There you go. Hey, there's a, you can go right down there, and there's a deal you can get out. Tell me God ain't good, folks. Huh? Whew. All right, hey, listen. Uh, Wednesday night, we're going to continue studying in the book of Genesis, man. I'm telling you guys, if you ain't making that class, you are missing out. We have so much fun, and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, It'll bust your week right in half, guys. It's, 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 it's less time for you to have to deal with this old world. You come in on Wednesday night. So I, I really, I, I, think, I think you'd enjoy Wednesday night more than Sunday mornings. I, if you ain't coming, I think it's true. I, I enjoy them more for sure. So Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, we're going to serve you supper. 7 o'clock, we're going to Bible study for children of all ages. So please uh, make it a point to come out. Papa's going to close us in prayer today. tracks around the church are gone we don't have neighbors anymore we all have telephone used to sit on hard church pews but now we sit on phone all of the wagon tracks around the church are gone well we used to go to church worship the lord and king now we go to church just to be seen who drives a Cadillac, lives in a big brick home. All of the wagon tracks around the church is gone. Yes, all of the wagon tracks around the church is gone. Don't have tape anymore, we all have telephone. Used to sit on hard church pews, but now we sit on phone. All of the wagon tracks around the church is gone. Preacher used to visit, daddy give chicken from the yard. Preacher did saints, they did praise the Lord. But these modern preachers, you know what they would do. They say, I'm not going back to visit that old blue. Cause all of the wagon tracks around the church are gone. Don't have neighbors anymore. We all have telephones. Used to sit on hard church pews, but now we sit on phone. All of the wagon tracks around the church are gone.